1: crazy world, the podcast that tackles tough topics to help you be a godly parent in an ungodly world. I am your host, Catherine Seegers, and in today's episode, we will tackle this very messy question. What do we do with the parts of scripture we still don't understand yet? Mmm, Yeah. Another good question. We have been in a series on the difficult parts of the Bible, and and this is it, mamas and papas. This is the last episode in our series. We've had quite a journey. You know, I, I started off in episode 31 giving you the seven guidelines on how to approach these parts of the Bible. Then I applied those guidelines in episode 32. Then I talked about what happens when someone cherry picks these tough parts of the Bible and paints an ugly and an accurate picture of God. And then in episode 34, we talked about two critically important aspects of God's character that we must understand so we won't fall for that false picture of God. Now, we have finally arrived at the last episode in this series, the sixth guideline that I gave you when approaching these difficult parts of the Bible was what to do when we search for answers but still haven't found them yet. And I told you that we must stand on what we know. And then the seventh guideline was to keep wrestling out loud with these questions. And by that, I mean, let your kids see you wrestling. In this episode, I want to elaborate on those directives by sharing an article I wrote a while back, The title is, How Do I Deal with the Terribly Disturbing Parts of Scripture? It's pretty much what we've been talking about in this whole series. But this article really focused on those parts of the Bible that we still don't understand yet. The parts we're still wrestling with. I came up with a really helpful analogy at the end of the article that I think is going to aid you as you keep searching for answers. And you help your kids to keep searching for answers. By the way... My daughter was struggling with some of these parts of the Bible, and we were we were on a road trip actually, and we were talking about in the car. So I pulled up my own article and I read it to her. I wasn't driving, by the way. My husband was driving. Don't read and drive. That's that's not a good idea. Or text and drive. Or drink and drive. Obviously, I mean, there's like a lot of things you shouldn't do while you're driving. But when you are not driving, you might want to read this article to your kids, or or, you know, text it to them. Well, again, not. Not while you're driving, or you could let them listen to the podcast. So, in this episode, I'm going to be giving you the audio version of that article, just like I did with my daughter, and I'll link it for you in the show notes so you can read it as well. That's the plan for this episode of Christian
2: Parent Crazy World. So, let's get started. Is it hard to spark meaningful conversations with your kids? Whether you're a homeschool hero, planning activities for the next family vacation, or simply gathering around the dinner table, we've got something that can help. Introducing the Daily Family Conversation Starter by best-selling author Katie Clemens. Don't wait to transform your family's daily routine into an adventure of discovery and fun. Grab your copy of The Daily Family Conversation Starter today, wherever books are sold.
1: Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410.
0: Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states.
1: How do I deal with the terribly disturbing parts of Scripture? (sighs) Scripture doesn't say what I want it to say sometimes. I'm, I'm not a fan of the whole Tamar Incident in the Bible, where she was tricked and then raped by her half-brother Amnon, King David, their father, was furious according to scripture, and yet he did nothing, <sighs> yeah, not a fan, you know, and I'm really not a fan of the story about the Levite concubine told in judges nineteen this this nameless woman travels with her husband to Gibeah, where they find shelter with one of its citizens, and that night. Some wicked Benjamite men of the town demand to have sex with her husband. In a despicable act of self-preservation, the husband offers his slave wife to the evil Benjamites instead. They, They brutally rape and abuse her all night. In the morning, the husband finds his wife on the doorstep. Callously, he says, get up, let's go. That's Judges 19 verse 28. But she can't. Mm-mm. She's dead. He then feigns indignation and sends parts of her body all over the, the 12 tribes of Israel, inciting a war of vindication for crime he allowed to happen. His, his actions are reprehensible. The Benjamites are vile. Yeah, yeah, I don't like that story. Oh, then there is the issue of slavery In scripture, the Bible definitely doesn't say what I want it to say there. The Old Testament doesn't condemn slavery, no, no, kind of regulates it. I I don't like that, not one bit. And then in the New Testament, the Apostle Paul returns a runaway slave to his master, Philemon, who is a house church leader, again, quite unlikable and disturbing. Issues like these frequently come up when discussing the Christian faith with unbelievers. They wonder how we can overlook such things. Well, we shouldn't. (laughs) We should wrestle with these sections of the Bible. We must not change them. We must not discard them. We must study and question and pray and wring our hands. For often when we do, we will find answers rendered more precious because of the journey it took to find them. We must dig deeper when there is injustice. After Tamar's rape, we, we see the unraveling of David's dynasty as another son, Absalom, seethes in fury over his father's inaction. Absalom takes matters into his own hands. He, he murders his brother, Amnon. Then he is exiled and unforgiven for a crime that David himself had committed without any justice in mind, I might add. Then Absalom tries to overthrow the kingdom, and he himself is killed. But if David had been a godly father, if he had disciplined and punished and forgiven, his sons would not have died. His daughter might not have been raped and and ruined. I don't like this story. Uh Uh-uh not one bit, but there are valuable lessons to be learned. It is a cautionary tale on the perils of poor parenting. We must dig deeper when there's a crime. The story of the Levite concubine reveals that in the ensuing war, which is a direct result of this heinous crime, 25,000 Benjamite soldiers perish and over 40,000 soldiers die from Israel. God takes the lives of 65,000 men to account for the murder of this one discarded, seemingly insignificant slave woman. And more men die from Israel than the tribe of Benjamin. That is no coincidence. The, The implications are clear. God holds the concubine's husband more responsible than the men who actually murdered her. Because he was charged with protecting her. And he allowed it to happen. I, I still don't like the story. But there is tremendous value given to this, this life by God. And there's justice. It's a cautionary tale for men on their mistreatment of women. We must dig deeper when there is oppression. The issue of slavery. That... <laughs> is one of the most complicated in all of Scripture. God hates divorce as well, but he allowed it and regulated it because of the hardness of men's hearts. He allows many things that are far from his design. He allows the natural consequences of our evil choices. Still, (laughs) I want Scripture to liberate the slave clearly and emphatically. It doesn't. Instead, we are left with with a set of laws and principles which we must learn to apply. We are left with, with thousands of years of human history in which civilizations claw their way to a better understanding and application of those principles. Principles like love your neighbor as yourself. And it took us far too long to realize that what should have been obvious, you cannot love your neighbor as yourself if you own him. Slavery still exists in many parts of the world. People are imprisoned for their ethnicity, their sex, their pursuit of freedom, and their faith. It must be considered a true statement that the man or woman who lives a lifetime in shackles, but dies and is for all eternity free in heaven, is better off than the free man or the woman who lives in affluence and excess here on earth but dies and spends an eternity in hell. As I pondered this biblical truth, I realized God prioritizes the spiritual over the physical, the eternal over the temporal, every time. I don't always like that, but sometimes I find myself in difficult situations when I need to know that. I need to know that eternal good will come from what is temporarily bad i need to know that justice will come in the next life if not in this one yes sometimes justice escapes us in this world but rest assured it will not escape us in heaven i don't i don't like these tough passages of the bible but there are valuable lessons to learn in them We must be humble when approaching what we don't understand, not arrogant. When pondering these disturbing parts of Scripture recently, a a powerful analogy popped into my mind. It's it's a little complicated, but bear with me. There's, There's a big payoff, I promise. In the 1990s, uh, scientists initiated the Human Genome Project and began the arduous task of decoding the complicated double helix design of the human cell. You see, Darwin had no notion of such complexity when he postulated the origin of the species. Like other scientists of his day, he thought that the cell contained a, a glob of protoplasm. Many of the first scientists who searched the inner workings of the cell also underestimated its complexity. They only understood a a minute portion of that double helix. But they did know that less than 2% coded for protein, which was considered to be the only significant function within the cell. So they assumed that the rest of it, all this extra stuff, was junk. Thus, the term junk DNA, You may have heard of that. Most of the complex coding in the human cell, they supposed, they assumed, was left over from the evolutionary process. It was no longer necessary. Nothing to see here. It was an arrogant assumption. Because as these scientists continued their study of the human cell decoding the intricate design, they discovered more and more about what that complex coding did. They discovered that what they didn't understand wasn't junk at all. Far from it. This intricate coding isn't left over. It is highly sophisticated and necessary for life today. After decades of arduous research, much of the human cell is now understood. But there are still parts of the cell that scientists don't understand. Truth-seekers, however, don't call it junk anymore. They recognize that the brilliance of this coded design, all that they have painstakingly come to understand, renders what they don't understand relevant, significant, critical in some yet-to-be-discovered way and utterly essential. History has taught us to be humble. Likewise, (laughs) In my younger years, I was tempted to render the difficult or disturbing parts of Scripture junk. I'd have liked to toss some sections on the dung heap of history as part of the human story which enlightened minds no longer need. And I would have been so, so wrong. As I've walked with this word and wrestled with it for over four decades now, I've come to respect it in ways that the young me— couldn't fathom. I've decoded much more of the design, and I now know that the ancient path was right. It had purpose, even when I couldn't perceive it. As modern believers, we have unprecedented access to original Hebrew and Greek sources, interlinear versions, biblical commentaries, apologetic books, online resources, Bible studies— and endless translations of the word itself. We have so much more knowledge than the generations before us. Theologians and laymen alike have decoded the intricate design of Scripture and gained unparalleled understanding. Even still, there are parts of the Bible that we don't understand, parts that are beyond our grasp, parts that lie beyond the edge of what we can comprehend. That doesn't mean we should discard these sections as junk, nor should we accept them with blind faith, like like renowned atheists Richard Dawkins and the late Christopher Hitchens have claimed Christians do. Scripture doesn't demand blind faith from believers, and neither does God. No, no, the believer's faith is not without evidence. It is built on all we have discovered, all we know to be true. The Bible must command our respect. The overwhelming majority of Scripture that is proven true must make us humble when wrestling with the parts we do not yet understand.
2: Is it hard to spark meaningful conversations with your kids? Whether you're a homeschool hero, planning activities for the next family vacation, or simply gathering around the dinner table, we've got something that can help. Introducing the Daily Family Conversation Starter by best-selling author Katie Clemens. Don't wait to transform your family's daily routine into an adventure of discovery and fun. Grab your copy of the Daily Family Conversation Starter today, wherever books are sold.
1: There are parts of this book that I, I don't understand. And I won't change what I cannot understand. I will wrestle with it. I, I will study it. And I will cross-reference and pray and, and seek and cry out for answers. I will immerse myself in Hebrew and Greek and biblical commentaries. And I will find explanations that are consistent with the whole of Scripture and the revealed nature of God. And I will find as many answers as I can. But I will likely go to my grave with some big questions unanswered. So will you, whether you believe in God or not. You see, we all see in part. We must accept those parts we cannot see as part of an overarching plan that one day we will see, we will understand. Until then, we must stand on what we can see as what we can see ever grows on the journey we must build our faith on the promises that were realized the prayers that did come to pass the biblical history that is recreated in present day the the accurate representation of the nature of man the blessed revelation of the nature of god the theology that that makes sense of a senseless world we must stand On all that we know, all that has been proven true and what we don't understand, we must continue to seek. We must never stop because the great discoveries come to those who never stop seeking, who never stop asking the hard questions. Don't let what you don't understand about the Bible deter you. Let it inspire you to keep digging. It is the glory of God to conceal things. But the glory of kings is to search things out. That's Proverbs chapter 25 verse 2. Be royal. Seek answers to the hard questions. God will meet you on that journey. And he will reward you with eternal treasure. Thank you for joining me today. Look, I know there are a lot of things you could be listening to right now, and I really appreciate that you took this time to spend with me. I hope you will join me for my next podcast when we take aim at some aspect of our culture that threatens to derail our parenting and steal our kids' faith. If you enjoyed this episode of Christian Parent Crazy World, would you consider telling a friend and sharing it on social media and giving it a good review over on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and following me on Facebook and Instagram? Oh, oh, and maybe you could say that Christian Parent Crazy World is the best podcast you've ever heard in your entire life. Uh, Just a Thought. Uh, And be sure to check out my website, which is katherinesegers.com. That's Katherine with a C. I have lots of articles and resources there that will help you on your parenting journey. And if you subscribe, I will be sure to send you some really cool free stuff and notify you of future podcasts, articles, and blogs. I want to end this and every episode with a word of encouragement. God gave you a Your kids, your specific kids for a reason. That's because you hold the key to unlocking who God created them to be. We'll see you next time.
0: Christian Parent Crazy World is a production of Life Audio and the Salem Web Network. To hear more from Katherine Seegers, visit her site, KatherineSegers.com. If you enjoyed this episode, would you take a minute and leave us a rating and review in your podcast app? It really does help us connect to more listeners like you. A special thanks to Kelly Gibbons, Stephen Sanders, and Stephen McGarvey for their production and editing on this episode. You can find more podcasts like this over at lifeaudio.com.